Good afternoon. You're listening to the Mother's Justice Show on 11:50 a.m. KKNW. I'm your host, Noni Irvin, in for Reverend Walden, and it's my joy to be on the air. We look forward to hearing from our guests, Kirk Mead and Ayana Brown, in a little bit. But first, let's talk about Kwanzaa. I want to give you a little bit of background on Kwanzaa. We're going to do Kwanzaa 101 and then have a conversation about our lives and our works in the and our work in the context of the seven principles. So first and foremost, uh, Kwanzaa was created in 1966 by Dr. Malana Karenga. That means this year it is 56 years old. A lot of people don't know that. And from Dr. Karenga, he said that Kwanzaa brings a cultural message which speaks to the best of what it means to be African and human in the fullest sense. It is a cultural celebration, not a religious holiday. And it is African-American and Pan-African. It started off as an African-American holiday and has, has grown to be Pan-African. Pan-African is advocacy of unity among African countries. So over 3 million celebrate within the United States and over 30 million celebrate worldwide. And these are some, these are some old numbers. These numbers are from a few years ago. So I'm sure the numbers have grown. Uh, there are seven core symbols of Kwanzaa, and these are all of the, what we would call the celebratory items to set our table as we celebrate Kwanzaa with family and community, because uh, that's really what it's about is family and community. Uh, first would be the mkeka, which is the straw mat, and you'll notice that the language of Kwanzaa is Swahili which is also spoken by tens of millions uh, all over the continent of Africa and around the world. Uh, the umkeka, the straw mat, this is a symbol of our tradition and history and the foundation of which we build. So the straw mat goes on our table first. On top of the mat, we put the kinara, which is the candle holder. And it's symbolic of the roots of our parents and continental Africans. So the kinara typically gonna be uh, wood, made of wood. Um, and they come in all kinds of uh, shapes and sizes, but your Kanara. Next is the Mishuma Saba, which are the seven candles. And uh, Mishuma meaning candles and Saba meaning seven. The seven candles uh, symbolize the seven principles, the Nguzo Saba. And uh, they're a set of values for African people uh, to live by, African, African-American people to live by throughout the year. So the colors, right, the, the candles are red, black, and green. Uh, the red stands for the blood of African-Americans and African-Americans that African-Americans have shed in their struggle as carried on for freedom. So when, uh, when I speak with children, we don't say blood because children, that's kind of weird for them. So we talk about um, how hard they may have worked or the struggle that they went through or the, the, how tough it was, right? Um, black stands for the brotherhood or sisterhood, right? Of black people involved in the struggle for freedom. And green stands for the land that black people once owned in Africa and future, um, our future hope for, um, that will result from our struggle for freedom. So in all, in all parts of the candles and the colors, it's all about the, that struggle toward freedom, the brotherhood toward freedom and our hope, our future that comes from that struggle. Now, it matters what order we light the candles. We don't just light them all willy nilly. <laughs> we, uh, we begin with the black candle and then the red candle and then the green candle. That means the people come first then the struggle, and then the hope that comes from the struggle. So it's really beautiful. I think um, my hope is that every time you see red, black, and green, you remember this part of what that means. And it's about uh, the love and struggle for freedom. Okay, uh, next is the mazao, the crops. And we're talking about our table that we set for Kwanzaa. The mazao or the crops are symbolic of African harvest celebrations and the reward of productive and collective labor. My favorite part about that is collective labor, right? So we all know what it means to work hard and to bear some of that fruit, but working together to, for that fruit is, I think, a beautiful thing. 
Okay, um, next we have the muhindi, the corn. Oh, I said the mazal is my favorite, but these are actually my favorite. Oh, <laughs> the muhindi, the corn, because they are symbolic of our children and our future that they embody. So if you're in a home and you don't have any children, then you at a minimum have two uh, ears of corn and they can be the, they're the dried corn. And every time children come up to the table, they say, is that real? And I say, yes, that's what happens when you let it dry out. <laughs> but don't eat it like that. But the mazao represents them. So you have an ear of corn for every child in the house and at a minimum two, okay? And then um, the kikombe cha umoja is the unity cup. And the unity cup is set on the side. Uh, it's symbolic of the foundational principle and practice of unity, which makes all else possible. One of the really wonderful things about Kwanzaa is that everything begins with unity and everything is in a sequence and an order so that you are always returning back to unity. So really beautiful. Um, you know, we, we used to pour the libation, water or otherwise, into the unity cup and then pass the unity cup around. But anymore, you might pour the libation into the uni cup, unity cup and use that cup to pour into other cups. So just depends on the household or the gathering you're in. And then last for the, the core symbols is the zawadi, the gifts. And these are symbolic of the labor of love, of parents, and the commitments made and kept by the children. And these are going to typically be handmade gifts, um, books, um, educational uh, gifts. Um, these are not going to be like a regular uh, commercial grade gifts. So these are, are intended to be um, really um, important for the young people, for our, our children. So those are the core symbols. Now we're going to run through the seven principles of Kwanzaa, which are the Nguzo Saba. Nguzo Saba. December 26, and I don't know if I mentioned this, so Kwanzaa is a seven-day celebration from December 26 to January 1st. The first night is Umoja, unity, to strive for and to maintain unity in the family, community, nation, and race. And Umoja is uh, represented by the black candle. And so we all get together during Kwanzaa on the, we greet each other in Swahili and say Habarigani and Habarigani means what's the news. And during, during Kwanzaa, we, we say the day of the principles. So on Umoja, we say Umoja and, and we do that on the next day and the next day and the next day. Okay. December 26th, the day two is Kujichagolia self-determination, to define ourselves, name ourselves, create for ourselves, and speak for ourselves. So we do not let anyone speak for us. And, um, you know, uh, when working with young people, we make sure that they, they, they find a way for their voice to be heard or find someone that can help them with their voice being heard. So adults that they trust, young people that they trust, friends that they trust, and uh, making sure that their voice uh, is always heard. December 28th is Ujima, collective work and responsibility to build and maintain our community together and to make our brothers and sisters problems our problems and to solve them together. One of my favorite parts about Ujima is that it's about seeing your brothers and sisters. So it lets me know that I'm not alone in some, what's important to me and they're not alone either. And if we are able to share with each other our concerns and our uh, issues that we have personally, uh, in, within family, within community, nationally, regionally, globally, then these are things that um, we're uh, concerned for one another and we work to solve them together. So that means that the solution, we have the solution among us. So love that one, Ujima. The next one is Ujama, Cooperative Economics. Now, contrary to popular understanding, cooperative economics is not the same as socialism. Okay, cooperative economics is the circulation of our dollars in our community so that the community can be healthy and thrive, uh, like a fishbowl. 
the water is maybe filtered out, but it comes back in. And as long as the water level stays, uh, then you have a healthy fish tank. And if you ever have a situation where the hose is pointed out of the tank and the water is not returning, you'll notice the water level drops. That is the opposite of cooperative economics. That means that the resources are now leaving the community. And we wanna make sure that we create environments where our businesses, our, um, our commerce, our financial activity can occur with each other. We can profit from our businesses together, do business with one another and all that. So next is Nia purpose to make our collective vocation, the building and developing of our community in order to restore our people to their traditional greatness. Nia is the uh, not satisfied with the status quo. Uh, Reverend Walden was our uh, individual Nia award recipient for our Kwanzaa Awards last year. And I think that is so appropriate given the work that she's done and continues to do. So we love, um, all of our principles and uh, just love that Nia is all about um, making sure that our, our culture and our heritage are, are, are honored and that we are, our value is where we place our value. Day six is Kuumba creativity, to do always as much as we can and the way we can in order to leave our community more beautiful and beneficial than we inherited it. Kumba is fun because Kumba is not creating from scratch. Kumba is recreating from what you have around you. So um, one of the fun things we do at camp is have the young people uh, create something within the park, but they cannot disturb an ecosystem. They cannot um, take anything living off of the plants or the vine. They have to use anything that's fallen on the ground or anything that's around. And they made these um, stick figure skyscapes land, or, or cityscapes. They made uh, beautiful designs. And the, the best part about it is when they left the park and they came back the next day, they were it was still there. And everyone who had been through the park from the time that they had placed their designs through camp for the next couple of weeks, got a chance to see and be impacted in a really beautiful way by this art that was just suddenly laying in the rocks or in the dirt or in the, in the sand. So wonderful experience for young people to know that the little bit that they can do can have a big impact on the world. And the last day is January 1st, Imani, faith to believe with all our hearts in our people, our parents, our teachers, our leaders, and the righteousness and victory of our struggle. Oh, I love this one because this is the intergenerational piece and the storytelling piece. And from Imani, from understanding the righteousness and victory of our struggle, from uh, believing in our people, our parents, our teachers, and our leaders, we then return back to Umoja unity. So, and the cycle continues. So let's see here. Now, those are the, that's Kwanzaa 101. And I am uh, the founder and creator of Canard Park Kids. Again, my name is Noni Irvin, and we are developing character and positive values in everyday life by utilize, utilizing the seven timeless principles of Kwanzaa. Each one of the Canard Park Kids is named after one of the principles. We have Umoja, we have KG or Kuji Chagolidia, the twins, which I gave, made them twins because people often mix them up, Ujima and Ujama. Their definitions are very close in the beginning uh, to build and maintain. And then Nia, Kumba, and Imani. They are different shades, skin tones. They have different hair textures. Their clothing color is on purpose. Um, and it's a lot of fun to talk about uh, the, the seven Canara Park kids being friends. And young people get a chance to meet them like they would kids at their friends at recess. And they get to learn their names, although it might be odd that their names are in Swahili. But when we go to recess, we learn all of our friends' names. We learn about their characteristics, their personality, and then uh, and we accept them as our friends as they are. So each one of the Canara Park kids interacts with their world as their principal. So you'll see Ujima, collective work and responsibility, he interacts 
in a different way than uh, Nia, whose purpose might. So, so much fun. From Canard Park Kids uh, came a social emotional learning resource. And from that came our global classroom. Every month, we talk to students around the world, elementary, middle school, and high school <laughs> about collective work and responsibility and about purpose and about creativity. And each month we pick a theme, we do a storytelling session, and then we let the young people share what it means to them without uh, judgment and, and just encourage them and they love it. They've asked for more time. They love Global Classroom Exchange and it's so much fun because they get to see that teens are the same around the world. Elementary school students are the same around the world. They make friends and it's just wonderful. I'll end with this before we go to break is the Kwanzaa Awards where we celebrate individuals and organizations who embody each of the seven principles. And it's so much fun because the nominations come from family, community and friends and the selections are from family, community and friends. So it's wonderful. Um, you're listening to the Mother's Justice Show on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host, Noni Irvin, in for Reverend Walden, and we'll be right back with our guest, Kirk Mead. The Mother's Justice Show is brought to you by H.G. Walden and the Virtues Healing Circles. Join us for Wisdom and Wellness with Reverend Walden, a monthly virtual and in-person healing circle that focuses on community healing and growth. Learn more at virtueshealing.com. That's virtueshealing.com. Also, be sure to join our healing group on Facebook. Again, visit us at virtueshealing.com today. Hi, this is Dr. K. Mahina Intra, inviting you to tune in on Mondays on 1150 KKNW at 5 p.m. to Dr. K's Attuning to Your Abundance where we honor everyday abundance through positive messages, poetry, music, affirmations, and writing exercises. For more information, contact drkworkshops at gmail.com or Facebook, Dr. K's Abundance. You're listening to the Mother's Justice Show on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host, Noni Irvin, in for Reverend Walden. And we have the privilege of talking with Brother Kirk Mead today. Kirk, how are you? I am fantastic. Thanks for having me on the show, Noni. I appreciate you. Yeah, I'm so excited. You know, we have not had a chance or the opportunity, I'll say, to work together. But I I plan to use your brilliance. I just have plans for your brilliance. You know, I've seen um, seen you in community and seen you with young people and adults in, in some of the work you've done. I have tremendous respect for you. So we'd love to uh, hear from you. Tell us a little bit about yourself and, and what you're doing now. I appreciate the opportunity to talk. And, and yeah, I'm looking forward to us working together. Um, I, I, I reconnected with you a few months back. Um, we had some plans, you know, best laid plans. Uh, we're still post-pandemic, too. We're still trying to figure out how, how everything is working out. So you got, you know, plenty of runtime before we connect and, and, and do big things together. Um, right now, I'm working as a consultant. Uh, but before this moment, uh, mm -hmm. I was uh, working at TL Public Schools. I was the director for stakeholder engagement there for, for a few years, mid-pandemic, which made for some really uh, challenging times, uh, certainly in service to our communities. We did the best level, best we could to, to do right by our kids, uh, especially with the district's commitment to African-American boys, which I, I'm still deeply encouraged by and excited for to see how that emerges and grows and continues to nurture our children's development. Uh, so we got a chance to do a lot of really important and impactful things. And, and I know we continue to do. Our colleagues that are still at the district continue to do really important and impactful things. I've moved on into my own consulting work. And so much of what I do right now is focused on similar stuff that I, to what I was doing um, in public instruction, which is really about organizational development, strategic planning, near, mid, and long-term uh, work plans and, and, and really being intentional about how we think about the development of our organizations and our community and people serving organizations, centering folks and individuals rather than institutions around the work, right? Our processes are intended to serve people, not the other way around. And so often keeping us focused on that objective is really critical as, as we sort of uh, conspire to do better by our communities and by the people that we uh, engage with every day. 
You know, that's a big deal. It's funny you mentioned our, our plans. I feel like our plans are are just in process. My mean that's me and you specifically. But what the work that you do in planning, I know, is really important. It's so much work goes in on the front end, right? Um, that's right. To get prepared for the opportunity. And, uh, you know, uh, are you, do you have, do you have a, a sense of, the health of organizations uh, as you, you know, get to them? Does it look encouraging or, or are you just glad to be there and help them in that work? Well, you know, I think what's really, you know, uh, important to note is we're, we're still becoming acquainted with our new normal, right? Uh, the pandemic shifted so much of how we think about work and life um, and all of our ambitions. And so as institutions or organizations sort of emerge from or at least continue to pass through this what's referred to as the pandemic portal in some conversations you know they're still getting their their feet under them um the way we work has shifted i think shifted in a very positive way um and getting oriented that is is going to be a challenge for most of us some of us want to return to uh the before times right before the pandemic uh where we all worked uh our ourselves right down to the nub uh deep exhaustion commuting hours on end uh and when we realized in the pandemic is we're able to be as effective if not more effective if we sort of do away with some of the things that drain us that undercut our capacity to be creative and to engage in meaningful ways that we do things that preserve our energies and become more focused with our time and so well, there is certainly a move to come back into a space where we're bringing people into physical space every single day, and we're we're asking them to create in the ways that th- that we've always expected them to create. I think there is more room now than ever before to be expansive with our thinking, capacious in the way that we we build our organizations, and make much more room for lots of different ways of being in the world that that, that weren't possible before, or at least we didn't allow for the possibilities of before. Yeah, well, I think um, I agree with you. I think the pandemic allowed for a, a much needed, I'll say a, an interruption in the way we mm. have been doing business. Um, I could have done without some of the health concerns that came along with it, yeah. right? But um, I think the interruption to um, many of us in the way we were just going about our business, uh, head down, not realizing, okay, what's most important to me? Where do I want to spend my time? What do I want to focus on? Um, and I've I've heard and seen a lot of that lately. And you know, I've been doing this for all these years, and I never thought about is this meaningful work? Is this what I want to do, or is this where I want to be? So um, I'm glad that you're there doing that. Um, I would like to I would like to know if you have celebrated Kwanzaa in your life. I I have. We talked about this before, before we got on the, on, on the call, and and you know, everybody likes. Kuji Chagulia, like <laughs> lots of different reasons. Uh, that's my favorite principle. Uh, one, because who doesn't like saying it? Uh, that's <laughs> it has a it, right. Come on, it, it's just it's the right Say kind it of energy. Kuji Chagulia, you you, right. you, you gotta catch me off guard, and I saw what you did there. And, um, you're not gonna catch me off guard. No, I, I love it. I love the, the notion of self determination, really, of recasting um, our present our past and our future in a way that properly represents who we are as a people, our values, our principles, the things that are deeply important to, to us, you know, and Kwanzaa as, as, as a celebration is quintessential blackness, right? The idea that we have to reconstitute new ways of moving, right? Uh, from the old ways of being, uh, from the slave hold, from the holes of slave ships, all the way to the white house, we've constantly been reimagining and reinventing, um, uh, black norms and black ways of being, and I think there's something deeply beautiful and invigorating and exciting about the ways we 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 conspire to create new futures and possibilities. And uh, this is you know, 56 years in. Uh, this has stood the test of time, and these principles inform so much of the ways we move in the world still. Love it, love it. I just read an article about how um, uh, they said, and it was from a few years back that Kwanzaa has reached its peak and it's starting to fade. And I, mm. <laughs> I said, well, they, this was a few years ago and they were wrong uh, <laughs> because yeah. it continues to grow and hope, you know, the, the goal is, was never for it to be contained within those seven days, right. but for it to live uh, daily outside of those seven days. So um, we love that in the work that I do, I get to see uh, and talk about the principles every day. Uh, with all ages, which it's turned into. Um, 
And uh, it's nice to see uh, Kwanzaa being included in the conversation of cultural celebrations. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, um, Detroit is making their giant uh, city center uh, Kanara. I heard how they're making it. Mm -hmm. They tried to use wood beams. They're using steel and or they tried to use steel. They're using wood and uh, it's massive. But you know what? They've had all these other cultural celebrations acknowledged in the city center. So it's wonderful now to see Kwanzaa being part of that. Um, so love that. Now, when I hear the work that you're about the work you're doing, it falls within a lot of things, but it reminds me of, um, I'd say uh, somewhere between Ujima and Ujima, right? Uh, to build uh, Ujima being cooperative economics. Um, th those are our capacity builders, our businesses, uh, everything around business, right? Um, and um, and I know that with businesses, it's it's nearly impossible to see everything that you need, especially as a small business. And so, um, you know, how can how can people reach you or get a hold of you uh, for your services, or what what is your ideal client look like? Oh, those are two really important questions. One, uh, the email is the best way to reach me. It's info at the Carrington Group. Dot co that's info at the carrington group dot co not dot com you put dot com it disappears into the beautiful ether of the internet never to be seen from again <laughs> um so don't do that we want to talk i'm always here for the conversation and then just in short about businesses um i think one what's important to note about the way that i go about work and actually this is how i go about relationships we really do things collaboratively co-creation co-design Right, anchoring and rooting it in the fundamental vision and dream that you have for your enterprise. And I don't care what it is, it's nonprofit, philanthropic, right, for profit, private enterprise, public sector. It doesn't matter. What is the, the fundamental vision for your dream? And then how do we align processes around that? How do we begin to allow those processes to serve the, those principles um, in, in meaningful ways and am amplify those principles? Uh, institutions. I have a really interesting way. And we talk about, we don't talk about this enough, but we do talk about, we talk about institutional racism, for instance, right? In this sort of negative sense, right? They amplify the sum total of the spirit and the energy and the sentiments of the people doing the work. And so being principally aligned around your work and knowing what's most important is critical because as you then begin to build out your business, your business will amplify the decisions you make will begin to reflect the principles you walked into that work with. And so we have to anchor ourselves in the appropriate principles. It's a great conversation to have and this week of Kwanzaa, and certainly as we move through the rest of the year, really thinking about principle-driven enterprise and work and organizations and institutions and being anchored in the right sorts of values uh, that really begin to reflect what's most important to you and then support our communities as, as we grow and develop them. Love it. So when I, I said earlier that this is Kwanzaa 101, this just said like this is the, the, the bare minimum of it, right? But just what That's you right. mentioned about um, anchor, anchoring ourselves uh, when I think of the, the there are the Dinkra symbols, the Kwanzaa Dinkra symbols, the one for Ujima, or I'm sorry, for Ujima Cooperative Economics is the uh, one that means intimacy. Mm. And you say, well, why, when you're talking about money, do you, are you talking about intimacy? And it really has to do with uh, me uh, trusting you and and uh, caring first and foremost about you as we do business together, as we have uh, not just transactions, but as as we uh, trust each other with our our finances, working together, our intention of what we want those dollars to do, and all of that contracting, um, collaboration, uh, having you uh, having what's having what's most important or what's in your best interest in mind, like I would a loved one, right? That's how I'm supposed to interact with you as my brother, right? As my sister, yeah. right? Um, caring about uh, giving you the benefit of the doubt and understanding that, um, you know, and then, then there's the thing, well, why does it cost more over here than over there? Well, volume is how you drop prices. So let's begin to do business with each other more. Let's go see Kirk Mead and get our business, you know, uh, supported and set up properly and, and grow it, you know, let's, let's do business and work together. So, oh, I love it. So what else do you want to talk about, Brother Kirk? <laughs> that's that's a great question. No, I love I loved how you framed that. I think you know the 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 economic imperatives that we all live under uh, tend to drive us in directions that don't necessarily serve our communities, our environments, and our health the way we would want it to. Right? Um, you know, we we 
we're often called, you, I think you, you sort of alluded to socialism, right? We live in a capitalist uh, economy. Uh, we build a lot of things that really, uh, you know, that may or may not actually serve our best interest, our mental health, right? Our physical health uh, well. Uh, and so, so much of what cooperative economics can be for our communities is uh, really about a more democratic capitalism, if you believe in capitalism at all, that says we're going to do build things and create things and think about things that are in our best interest, not just things that drive profit, but things that make us more whole, that make us healthier, um, that really speak to our best interest overall, not just politically, but again, spiritually too. And those are really sort of, you know, they're very heady ideas, right? They're principally speaking. But starting small, starting with things that are manageable, starting with our households and how we arrange our experiences, our lived experiences, helps us. Looking around and saying, are these the things I want to surround myself with, right? And then do I want to continue to do business with, with organizations and institutions that continue to inundate me with experiences and products that do not, in fact, begin to serve my spirit well? And there's an opportunity to have meaningful conversations in our organizations and in our institutions about how we've begun to, how we've immersed ourselves with things that are not, in fact, feeding our spirit, um, uh, causing us to build more vibrant, thriving communities, and ultimately, you know, having the kind of lives that we want for ourselves and then also for our futures. Oh, man, I love it. So one of the things that we do in uh, our global classroom exchange or actually with any students is we'll start off with a, a storytelling session of some sort. We we do this differently for the elementary than we do for middle school and high school. In the middle school and high school, we really kind of let them lead, but we give them some advanced questions and and uh, and points that we're going to cover and let them prepare their stuff in advance because they don't play they like to come ready to go <laughs> so right. we'll um our next lesson which we started is ujima right mm. cooperative uh, collective work and responsibility and one of the things with ujima is like uh, social issues okay uh my brothers and sisters problems are my problems and we work to solve them together so what are the top we found what are the top 20 global social issues or global issues right you have everything from climate change to water uh, quality to food insecurity to uh, uh, poverty. Uh, all there's a whole list of things, right? And when you turn these kinds of things into a game for young people, you know, pick your top uh, five major issues and now popcorn solutions. There are elementary schools where they have come up with these amazing solutions that they've actually been able to implement and show that mm. these young people have come up with these solutions that really do solve the problem. And I think, um, like what you said, the um, uh, there's nothing wrong with capitalism, right? It's what, but what are, what are we going to say is important to us? And we say that with our dollars, right? Our mental health, our, our, our families, our community are solving problems together. These are all opportunities for us to grow um, our own economy, our financial well-being, taking care of one another, and and I love it. So, um, well, Brother Kirk, I appreciate you being here. Um, it's the Carrington Group with two R's, right? C A R R I N G T O N. And um, you know, I think I look forward to working with you. And do you have any any final words before we go to break, real quick? Um, you know, I think there's there's a way to think about our futures that gives us an opportunity to think about it in more uh, rich and vibrant uh, tones. The idea that we can thrive, right? The things, the realization that because tragic things that have happened to us, we are not in fact a tragic people. Uh, we continue to strive. We continue to push for greater and more and better. And I'll, I'll end by saying this: like, it's not about for me capitalism. I, I'm, I'm not pro-capitalist. I'm not necessarily anti-capitalist. But the doing things that for our community serves us best and better is the way I would like to think about the when we think about economics, when we think about our health, when we think about our well-being, and continue to move in that direction. I think we'll find the right principles and the right practices far more frequently um, than not. I love it. That's right. We don't have to choose. We get to just uh, keep our best interests in mind first. Thank you, Brother Mead. So Thank you're you. listening to the Mother's Justice Show on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host, Tony Irvin, in for Reverend Walden, and we'll be right back with our guest, Ayanna Brown. The Mother's Justice Show is brought to you by H.G. Walden and the Virtues Healing Circles. Join us for Wisdom and Wellness with Reverend Walden, a monthly virtual and in-person healing circle that focuses on community healing 
and growth. Learn more at virtueshealing.com. That's virtueshealing.com. Also, be sure to join our healing group on Facebook. Again, visit us at virtueshealing.com today. You're listening to the Mother's Justice Show on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host, Noni Irvin, in for Reverend Walden. And we are on with Ayana Brown. How are you? I am beautiful. How are you? Oh, so good. So Ayana Brown, Ayana is my sister. Uh, We have had the privilege of working together, right, on the Community Investment Budget Committee for King County's first participatory budgeting process. And uh, I want to say about about Ayana, um, I just, I love you. I have tremendous respect for you. I'm glad that you said yes to being on and um, us being able to hear your voice and from you today, but we just want to have fun and have a conversation about, so I'll let you share a little bit about yourself. Okay. Well, thank you, sis, for um, this invitation. It is um, an honor um, to be invited. A little about myself, um, natural mother to four. Um, I often say I raised four kids and a husband and um, all of my children are adults now. Um, I am co-founder um, of Elijah One's Hands, or the, the Elijah One Brown Foundation, Elijah One's Hands, DBA as Elijah One's Hands. Um, and um, my husband and I created that in honor of our son, Elijah One, um, who was murdered in 2010 when he was 12 years old. And so the foundation that we have um, just just carries on his legacy because he always said he wanted to make a difference in his community and so that's how um i got thrust into doing community work and being a community advocate oh thank you for being here so i i when i say i'm glad you were able to be on i know that that was that schedule wise it's hard to catch you sometimes you've been in the middle of so much and um tell us before we get into talking about the quantum principles, tell us about what you what you all did over Thanksgiving with families and, um, you know, kind of some of the stuff that you do throughout the year for those families and community. Okay. So when the foundation first started, we had three signature annual events. Um, we have now added two more. And so one of those events is the... Thanksgiving dinner, Elijah One's table, Elijah One's community table, Thanksgiving dinner. Um, and in that, we fashion that just like at our house. Everybody is in there, somebody, you know, getting their hands washed. Somebody's peeling potatoes, somebody's chopping vegetables, somebody's crumbling up the cornbread, right? And so, um, and so we do the same thing with our community family members as well. Um, because of the COVID, uh, because of the COVID uh, pandemic in 2020 and 2021, um, we took it and made it contactless, and so it was, you know, it was drive-through. So this year, 2022 was our first time opening back up to the to the public, and so people were able to come in and and you know we had a we had a um, a social hour where we opened the doors and um, um, an hour before, and people can sit down and play. Um, table games and my ultimate favorite was our very first guest was a was a little old lady about in her 80s she had never heard of connect four and one of one of the um teenage volunteers sat down a good 45 minutes playing connect four you know with this lady so here here it is you know the the this just generational gap, right? That are for that split for that for those few moments, they were one and they were laughing and they were talking and you know and enjoying each other's um, you know company. So it was you know so that that just filled uh, my heart. And so um, my disclaimer for Thanksgiving is um, I'm sorry, you guys, for you that are gluten free, sugar free salt free that's not the meal for you um <laughs> you can come smell the food but you know you probably wouldn't want to uh, participate in that 
Ooh, and you know, I'm the designated taste tester for any. <laughs> so just want to let you know, I will always keep that door open. Of course, you know, it is my gift to the world. Standing invitation. The door is always open. Oh, so what you know, you just started talking about um, the Kwanzaa principle, Imani faith, right? The intergenerational piece. Um, you know, it's it uh, seems uh, with the pandemic, it's difficult or has been difficult to get our our uh, our elders together with our youth. Um, on a regular day, that's not an easy thing. But in a pandemic, that becomes even more difficult. And so, you know, we that's something that's really important to us. I, I feel like it's, it's a sense of urgency because um, not so much for health reasons, but because there are so many stories that we want to we need to hear. Like we need to not hear them, just um, see them uh, on the pages of books, which we, we need to see. But we need to hear them from those who experience them firsthand. Right. Um, and so when we when we are driving down the street or we're going to vote and or we're going to do these things that are convenient for us and we learn about or we're in our classroom at school or we're able to start our own business and we hear about what our grandmothers and grandfathers and our great aunties and our community elders have gone through, then we have a um, for me, it gives a sense of responsibility, knowing that they have done that work. And that we're we are you know as some would say standing on their shoulders. It really feels like we are entrusted to carry this forward. Um, and it starts with with the Connect Four. That's where it starts, right? Yeah. It starts with <laughs> an, an elder. So an elder and a team sit down at a table and play Connect Four, and that relationship is just it begins. And and now they can have that you know because that elder we forget our elders were children once. And they were teenagers once. And so it's so much fun. Yes. So, yeah. So how many families have you been able to to serve even in a pandemic or reach in a pandemic? So I don't know. Off the top of my head, I don't know how many families, you know, family units. Mm -hmm. But I can say that um, 200 meals were... And, and so, and, and when I'm saying that, we there was no limit of you eat one time and that's it. So if you if you went back and you got a plate full four four different times, to me that's a whole new meal, right? And that mm -hmm. does not include what we allowed you to put in a in a take home plate to 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 go with you. So everybody was was well fed. I can say though that when I checked the demographic information that our service spread, I want to say if I remember correctly, 26 different zip codes. Wow. That were that were represented on on that day. And so um so the you know so our 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 reach is 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 expanding, um, and then and then for 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 Christmas you know I I have a, a special um, tender space in my heart for the for the Skyway community, and so I reached out to the three elementary schools and the middle school in Skyway, and we hosted um, Elijah One's Bridge Shop with the Cop. And um, 81 kids got to go shopping and they got, they, they were allowed to get whatever it was they wanted. So some kids, they got toys. Some kids were putting groceries in their baskets. Some were buying household toiletries like soap and deodorant and, you know, toothpaste. And um, so that's what we, that's what we did in December. So, sis, I, I don't want to gloss over what you said. So you said stop, S-H-O-P, with a cop, C-O-P. And so I'm going to just, I'm going to, so today we're talking about Kwanzaa and the principles, right? Mm -hmm. So with the Ujima Collective Work and Responsibility, um, this is the building and maintain, maintaining of our communities together, making our brothers and sisters problems our problems. So when we talk about um, how the police show up in the Black community, how they show up in the Skyway community, right? How they show up in our community, 
uh, both from the perspective of of how we as black mothers feel like we need we don't I don't want to see the the cops anywhere near in my world, right? Um, and then um, and that and I know that you know they're they run the gamut in terms of um, relationships with community and and the like, but there's also the 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 cops and the police officers their perspective of community. So what you've been able to do is finding a solution and putting the two together for something that is not related to law enforcement. It's not related to an issue at hand. It is um, a, a need for these families and these households and an opportunity for those officers to build relationship with the community that they're that they are uh, there to protect, right? Yes. Hence, wow. hence the title, Elijah Wants Bridge. Love it. Elijah yeah. Wants Bridge. You yeah. know, I didn't have the privilege of knowing Elijah Wan, um, but, um, you know, the legacy of his life is so wonderful and what you and your family have been able to do. Just so wonderful. Um, I just I can see like you it's almost like a fabric of love and care that you've laid out over the Skyway community and any community where you are showing up in honor of your son just the love of your son and I had a chance to um come to one of your events man we played games I lost the game my son was in there to the end he got taken out by one of the mothers um you know um but I saw community organizations there I saw municipality organizations there, right? City, county. Um, I saw um, folks who were, uh, I saw small businesses there. I saw children and I saw um, our elders all together in the sun and it was in the cold and then in the sprinkles, it didn't matter. Um, And so I just encourage you, it's a beautiful thing. And I know it must be difficult at times, but thank you so much for sharing his life and your love. Uh, in this way. Thank you. I'm I'm honored to do it. Um, But here lately, I'm going to see if I can pronounce this right. Kuji Chagulia. Yes, Kuji Chagulia. Okay. For that one, for whatever reason, really stands out to me this this time. Mm -hmm. And here's why. The scripture tells us love your neighbor as thyself, right? And we always focus on the loving thy neighbor, but mm-hmm. it's love, the, love thy neighbor as thyself. So that means love you, do for you as well. So if there are certain, the, the way we um, abuse ourselves and then neglect ourselves, that is not something that we would do to to our neighbors, right? And so for me, I'm learning in this season right now to start loving on Ayana and to think of things that Ayana wants to do because I, I'm, I'm well-versed of taking care of my neighbor and doing things for other people. But it's, it's, it's at the total expense of me and I'm I'm just now coming to the realization that that's not okay because then if I'm not recharged if I'm not invigorated I'm really cheating my sister and my brother because I can't give them the full the full gamut of, of what I'm supposed to bring to the table and so I am, I am now learning to, to push back, say no. Um, if nothing is what I want to do, then nothing is what I want to do. And um, to be able to say no unapologetically, no is no. I don't <laughs> need to give. I don't need to give you no explanation. It's just I ain't doing it. As a mother... That is the heart, right? As a, as a as a mother, as a community member, as a leader in your own right, you know, as and having an organization, 
there's a lot of reasons why um, that that right there is a, a lot of the reason why um, or philanthropic groups like the Seattle Foundation came up with the Black Joy grant for um, uh, community-based organizations that have been head down doing this work for so long, they haven't had a chance to take care of themselves. They haven't had a chance to take a break. They haven't had a chance to to recharge. Um, we won't get into that. That's a racial equity thing, why that is. But mm-hmm. um, I love that that's something that you that is is near and dear to you right now. I, yes. I find that with the principles, I I might have a favorite one today. I have, you know, one that kind of resonates with me for a while. It might be a month. It might be a couple months and then it'll be one of the other ones. You know, right now I'm loving Imani. Oh, this just the intergenerational piece and um, Ujima. But, you know, as as black women, many times we're told to be quiet. You're too loud, you know, and we we really put away our voice and we put it away in a little bag. We put it over on the side because it's makes folks uncomfortable. And I, um, and I love that you are using your voice and keeping your voice. Um, and it's so important because the young people that you're around are seeing you in that. So love, love you for that. And thank you for that. Thank you. you know, Anything else you want to, Oh, go ahead. And then share, share just quickly how people can find you uh, bef- as we get to the end of the show. Okay. Um, I was just going to say, you're talking about, you know, our voices. I am the kid in elementary school that every six weeks when I got the report card, on, um, the teacher would hand right on there, talks too much, right? <laughs> I stayed. <laughs> I stayed in trouble for that. But now to those teachers, just nanny, nanny, boo, boo. I'm doing <laughs> But yes, um, keep your voice. I can I can be found at um alajuanshands.com. So every every other letter is an A. So just sound out the syllables alajuan A L A J A W A N alajuanshands.com. My email address is Ayana Brown A Y A N N A Brown as in the color at alajuanshands.com. Um, phone number 425-208-6236. Thank, Thank you, you so much for being here. You've been listening to the Mother's Justice Show on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host, Noni Irvin, in for Reverend Walden. Bless you this holiday and celebration season. Mm-hmm.